we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. I'd like to encourage you to take God's Word. Go with me, if you would, please, to Psalm 18. Psalm 18, and we'll read three verses, but we'll also read with those three verses the introduction uh, to the Psalms, or this Psalm, rather, Psalm 18. We'll read these first three verses, then we'll look back at the introduction uh, that is given uh, to this Psalm. The Bible said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust. My buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. And then we read the introductory remarks to this psalm. You have those in your Bible, you'll see them. To the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, and then we've read these introductory verses, verses 1 through 3. This psalm is David's song of praise to God. He's praising God for his deliverance, the deliverance that he has experienced from all his enemies. As we have been noting in the morning hour in, the, in our study of the life of David, that God preserved David, though Saul tried to kill him, though others conspired against him, though David was tempted, of course, to grow discouraged and take matters into his own hands. David resisted those urges of temptation when he found himself also dwelling among the Philistines and was called to fight even against his own people. The Lord delivered him from that circumstance and sent him back to Ziklag. God was faithful to David, and no doubt God has been faithful to us. And therefore David had a song that he wanted to sing, a song of praise. David owed his all to the Lord, and in his day of deliverance he had none to thank but the Lord, whose right hand had preserved him. It is to God and God alone that we owe the debt of our worship and praise, and we too must learn to trust the Lord. And though we shall suffer travail, we share in his triumph. I remember one of the most difficult days I've experienced in ministry. I remember that day vividly. I remember things that were brought to my attention and things that were revealed. And I remember in that 
moment in that day, in that hour, recognizing that those things that had been said and those things that had occurred, though they were outside of my knowledge, they were not outside of God's knowledge. I remember going home that evening, my wife and I, we went home and I opened up the Bible to Psalm 18. And with David, I rejoiced in God's blessings, in God's protection, in God's deliverance. All of us have been through some difficult days. All of us have dealt with some great trials. If you haven't, just understand that you will soon deal with difficulties, deal with trials in relationships, in life, in work, with health. There will be trials for us to face. But the Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse number 37, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Remember this morning what David's message was to those uh, those sons of Rimmon. He says, the Lord who has redeemed me from all of mine enemies. That's our God. And though we deal with difficulty, though we deal with trials and struggles, our God is faithful to us and we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. In Psalm 30, in verse number 10, the psalmist writes, Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me, Lord. Be thou my helper. Have you ever been there? God, I need some help. I'm dealing with a difficult situation. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. The psalmist said, I had a gloomy situation. I had a very difficult situation. But, Lord, you delivered me. You turned my mourning into dancing. Oh, how I wanted to celebrate, David said. Oh, how I wanted to lift up the name of the Lord and how I longed to praise the name of the Lord and sing to the Lord. Psalm 66 and verse number one, the Bible said, make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. How mighty, how strong, how powerful, Lord, are you in your works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves or submit themselves unto thee. Psalm 33, verse 1, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud voice. Here we find the psalmist admonishing the people of God to sing praises unto him because we all have a story to tell. We all have a God who has been gracious and has delivered us and he is worthy of our praise. We're commanded in the New Testament as Christians 
in the context of the church to sing. That's why we open our services with singing and with prayer and then with preaching. We sing songs. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3 and verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I want to encourage you to understand that the music ministry of our church is a vital ministry to the spiritual life and health of this church. It is vital to your individual spiritual life and health because it is through the singing of hymns and spiritual songs that we express our praise and thanksgiving to God. Now, we can do that in our prayer life. We can do that uh, verbally as we talk about the goodness of the Lord with our testimony, but we can sing. In fact, we are commanded to sing. And we're to sing psalms and songs that communicate truth. They are to be uh, songs that will allow us to teach and admonish one another. That's why the lyrics of the song are very important. They're very important. Our song selection is very important. We don't go with the latest trend. <laughs> now, it may be that the latest trend would match up with what we believe and teach. But we don't typically go with the latest trend or the top song on the charts. Unless those songs encourage and promote teaching and admonishing one another. We do so with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. Songs that allow and help deposit the riches of Christ into the impoverished souls of men. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. How many remember, how many of you can remember a song that you have sang in our church? Can you, can you remember a song? The lyrics of a song? My wife and I grew up in the same church. As you've heard me talk about it, we sang uh, hymns out of a particular hymn book. And uh, if I'm in a church where they use that hymn book, we, we pretty much know every song by heart. We don't even have to turn there. We know those songs. I remember getting a, a CD. Somebody gave me a CD some years ago, and it was Greater Vision. And uh, it was songs from the church hymnal, and that, that's the, the hymnal that we grew up singing out of, the church hymnal, or you affectionately term it as the red back book. And uh, I got a CD, Greater Vision, singing the red back book, and we would play uh, that CD in the van oftentimes, and there was a particular song on there, I'm Living in Canaan Right Now. And uh, one, of our, one of our children who was, I don't know, three, 
at the time, maybe four, more than likely around three. When we would get in the car, would say, Canaan right now, Daddy, Canaan right now. <laughs> you see, those songs get in our heart, don't they? They get in our head, they get in our heart. And when we're going through trials, when we're going through trials and burdens and difficulties, what is it that we begin to do? We begin to reflect on those songs. We begin to sing them. We begin to sing those songs and they bring comfort to us. They encourage us. They reprove us. They correct us. They instruct us in righteousness. That's why the song life of the church is so important. You see, our song is a song that only the redeemed can sing. It's a song of praise for our Savior and our Sovereign. And so that's why I want to encourage you, let's keep singing here at Tabernacle. Now I want you to know that we don't sing for people. We don't sing for the pastor. We don't sing for the song leader. We don't play instruments to impress people. We sing for the Lord. He is our audience. Now as we sing for the Lord in the power of the Spirit of God, then we encourage and edify and exhort one another. And I just want to encourage you tonight, you have a Savior worth singing about. I know, I know the flesh resists the urge to go to choir practice on a Sunday afternoon. I get it. But Jesus is worth singing about, isn't he? And oh, how God uses you. I can't tell you how many times I've been here in this auditorium with something that no one knows about on my heart, some issue, some problem, some distraction, just to be honest with you. And then to come in and hear you sing and to be raised together with Christ and seated with him in heavenly places. That happened for me this morning when we sang at 8.30 about the throne of God. That throne where he pleads for us. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea. A great high priest whose name is love. Whoever lives to plead for me. That's Jesus. That'll make you, that'll, that, that'll help you forget about your boss for a few minutes. Or the squabble you had in the car on the way to church. Or what's waiting on you tomorrow to think about what Jesus is doing for you. Martin Luther said, God speaks to his people through the scripture. Therefore, let his people respond with grateful songs of praise. A few months ago, I, I made a list of the benefits of singing, and I just want to read some of those to you. Singing warms the heart. It strengthens the weary soul. It stokes the fires of faith. It stirs the water of life within us. It deposits the riches of Christ deep within the impoverished soul.
It calms the troubled hearts of men. It comforts the grieving. It warns the sinner of judgment to come. It exalts the Savior. And it summons the coming King. That's why we need to sing. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing His power and His grace. In the mansions, bright and blessed, He's prepared for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing. That's right. And we'll shout the victory. Let me just give you some thoughts about serving and singing. Serving and singing. Now we've taken for our theme in the study of the life of David that David served his generation. He served his generation. What a servant he has, or he was, and he has been modeling for us in, in our study of him. And we find that we can serve the Lord and serve in his church through the ministry of music, through singing. It's not something we get to do to show off our skill or to draw attention to ourselves. It is something we do to express a heart full of love and gratitude to Christ. Notice the uh, opening verse of Psalm 18. The Bible says here, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. Uh, we sing, first of all, of his power. We sing of his power. It's great to be reminded that our God is a mighty God, is it not? In this hour in which we live with so, uh, so much seemingly against us, it's good to be reminded that God is for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. You know why we love him? Because he first loved us. And therefore, because of his great love wherewith he loved us, we in return who have put our faith and trust in him, we love him. Now, none of us love him to the degree that we should, but hopefully we're on the way. And this, this ministry of music, serving and singing, encourage us, us in our love for Christ. David begins his song with this declaration, Lord, you are the object of my love. I will love thee, O Lord. The idea here in verse 1 is that we're to love him with a strong and hearty affection, that we are to cling to him as a child clings to his parent or as a parent clings to his child. In Psalm 63, the Bible says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Verse number eight, my soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. The psalmist said, because I love you, I want to cling to you. I want to hold your hand. I want to stay close to you. I need to be in your presence, O oh God. Singing brings us, it ushers us into the presence of God. 
Psalm 42 verse one is the heart panteth after the water brooks. So panteth my soul after thee, O God. We are hungry and thirsty for the fellowship and communion that we can have with the Lord. You know, sometimes we, we, don't, we don't follow up on that hunger. In fact, what we feed is not the soul, we feed the flesh. And it's as if we have been on a diet of junk food that this world has to offer us. And when you eat so much junk food, what happens? Your body naturally begins to crave that which is missing. And what we need are the healthy, uh, enriching nutrients of fellowship and communion with God. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Can any among us say that we truly love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength? May God help us to love him. The Bible tells us that when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. In our weakness, he came to us and he strengthened us. You see, not only is he the object of our love, but he is the source of our strength I will love thee, the psalmist said, O Lord, my strength. We receive strength through faith in Christ. Acts chapter three and verse seven, the lame man who was begging that day outside the beautiful gate, he was asking for alms. He, he wanted someone to help him, to give to him so he could make it through the day, have a meal, buy some clothes, pay his bills. The Bible says that Peter and John came. They said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible said, and he took him by the right hand. Peter took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. God is the source of our strength. We were lame. We had no power to stand of ourselves. We could not come to God, but he came to us. Like Mephibosheth this morning, we were lame on our feet. Like Ishbosheth, we were lame and feeble in our hands. No power to stand, no power to act, no power to deliver. But Christ came to us and imparted strength and life to us. Those of us who have known him know that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. That was the testimony of Paul when he prayed for those infirmities to be removed. And the Lord said unto him, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. You see, we have to recognize our weakness before we can receive his strength. You think about Sarah. Sarah had left her the Chaldees when she was 65. She was told that she would have a child. Imagine what she was thinking about that, ladies. 25 years later, no baby. The Lord in, in, in uh, Genesis 18 and two angels visit and say, about this time next year, Sarah's gonna bring forth a child. And Sarah laughed when she heard it. She laughed. But the Lord said, you're gonna have a baby. And God imparted strength to her. The writer of Hebrews tells us this, through faith, also Sarah herself received strength 
to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Some of you maybe have given up. You might think like Sarah, I'm never going to have a, a blessing. Can you imagine how many people had said, Sarah, I, we, we, we know what can help you and Maybe if you'll go see this doctor. Maybe if you'll take this. Maybe if you'll do this, you'll have a child. How many times maybe she thought perhaps she was with child only to find out later that she wasn't. And now at the age of 90, to hold a baby in her hands, God imparted strength to her. In one moment, all the years of suffering and torment, the torment that she placed upon herself, the disappointment, it was all swept away. She had the strength of God and the blessings of God. And don't you imagine that Sarah held little Isaac in her hands and what do you think she did? She sang, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Uh, this, this afternoon at lunch, we got a, a great blessing as Bennett sang some of the songs he's learning in Sunday school. My God is so big. So strong and so mighty. I started singing. He said, Pop, don't sing, don't sing, don't sing. That's what everybody says. He said, I want to sing it. I've never heard a sweeter song. What do we sing about, church? We sing of his power. Number two, we sing of his protection. Notice verse 2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. There's a mouthful there, isn't there? Psalm 27, the Bible says, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. The psalmist said, I'm going to sing the sacrifice of joy. By the way, you don't always have to be happy. And you don't always have to feel happy to offer the sacrifices of joy. Sometimes people say, well, you know, I just don't feel like singing today. So I think I'll set this one out. No, friend, that's the time to stand in. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't set it out? Offer the sacrifices of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. 
What is it that produces that joy? It is the knowledge of Him. It is the knowledge of what He has done for us. That's what ought to motivate me to stand and take my hymnal or look at the words on the screen and lift my voice and sing for the glory of God. That's what ought to motivate me to practice my skill and hone my skill so that I can play instruments for the glory of God. That's what ought to motivate me to come to choir practice and learn the song and learn my part so I can sing for the glory of God. When we forget this, then singing is no longer a delight to us. It is a drudgery. And I ask you the question this evening, do you experience drudgery or delight? And if so, what happened? What happened? Well, it's a sacrifice. Oh, really? In light of Calvary, is it a sacrifice? May God help us. We sing of his protection. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. He's a rock of concealment. He hides me from mine enemies. He's my deliverer. He's intervening in my hour of peril. When almost captured, the Lord's people were rescued from the hand of the mighty by him who is mightier still. My God, he says, the name used for God here is El, the mighty God. There's a, there is a boundless wealth in this expression. It means my perpetual, unchanging, infinite, eternal God. God does not change with your circumstances and your feelings. He is altogether glorious and altogether powerful and altogether worthy of our song. My strength, strength affirm, an immovable rock, in the sense of strength and immobility, nothing ever can, nothing ever will overcome the Lord our God. In whom I will trust. You see, we must exercise faith. Now, we like it when things are going well. By the way, you don't have to exercise a lot of faith when everything's going your way. Well, I'm tithing and God's blessing, so I'm going to keep tithing. Well, he may let you go through some trials to see if you're going to keep tithing. Well, I, I'm, I'm serving and I'm seeing fruit. So I'm going to keep serving. You may go through some dry seasons. Will you still trust him? I'm going to keep praying. Man, I mean, I've had sweet times in my fellowship with him in prayer. But there might be some seasons where you feel like your prayers aren't getting above the ceiling. Are you going to trust him? Well, you know, if this relationship works out, boy, it's really good right now. I'll keep serving the Lord. We, we like to cut deals with God, don't we? You know, you know Lord, as long as you this for, do this for me, I'll, I'll do this for you. You know what we're really saying to the Lord right in that situation? Here's what we're saying. We're saying, God, you're only worthy if you do what I need you to do. Are you going to trust him when he does it? My buckler, that means he's my shield. He wards off the blows of the enemy. Man, I'm telling you, the fiery darts of the wicked are being shot at us, but we have the shield of faith. The horn of my salvation. A horn on an animal is used as a mechanism of defense and attack. It's an emblem of power and strength. 
He enables me by pushing down my foes and causing me to triumph over them. He's my high tower. That's my high place beyond the reach of danger, like a citadel planted on a rocky mountain beyond the reach of mine enemies. And from those heights, I am able to look down without alarm. I'm able to survey a wide landscape of mercy reaching under the goodly land. Oh, that's who God is to us. And do you know what we should do? We should sing of his power and his protection. Has God kept you safe? Friend, if you know Jesus, let me tell you, the devil can't have you. You'll never feel the flames of hell. Never. You'll be with the Lord for all eternity. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Thirdly, we sing his praise. We sing of his power. We love him. He's our strength. We sing of his protection. He has kept us safe. He has allowed us to persevere. And we sing, therefore, his praise. He is worthy of our praise. Verse 3, I will call upon the Lord who is, what's the next word? Worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. Let me ask you a question. Is the Lord worthy of your praise? Let me say that again. Is the Lord worthy of your praise? Is he worthy of your song? Is he worthy of your service? I want to tell you, we shouldn't have to beg people to serve the Lord in this church. We shouldn't have to beg people to sing in the choir. No. We shouldn't have to do that. We should do that gladly because we want to praise God. Psalm 7 and verse 17, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. Why is it that we find so many times the word sing and praise in the same context? Because it is the most natural way that we do so. It is the most natural way that we praise God. Psalm 9 verse 11, sing praises to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion, declare among the people his doings. Have you ever been in a church where they really sing? Have you ever been in a church where they go through the motions of singing? Now maybe that's the best some people can do, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem like there's been a lot of preparation in that, right? It doesn't seem like it's being done with a lot of enthusiasm. David Gamble was enthusiastic, was he not? He still is enthusiastic, by the way. <laughs> I believe God has given Andrew that same heart of enthusiasm. It's not worked up. It's, it's, it's him. It's in his heart. He leads the singing with enthusiasm. We should sing with enthusiasm, with praise to our God. Psalm 13, verse 6, I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. 
Psalm 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 147 and verse 1, praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is comely. Now, you know, every once in a while we forget that. And instead of praising God, what do we do? We murmur and complain. I am a card-carrying member of the Murmurers Club at times. I'm trying to leave that card behind. But I've been involved, and you have too, in those conversations. And what do they promote? They don't promote worship, do they? They just leave you feeling kind of gloomy and in despair. But the Bible tells us that praise is pleasant. It's uplifting. It's sweet. It's fragrant. It's comely. It's attractive. It's attractive. Uh, those Babylonians said to the men of Judah, sing us one of the songs of Zion. We want to hear it. We've never heard anything like it. You see, the, the people of Judah who are carried away captive, they didn't borrow the songs of the Babylonians. They sang their own. And the Babylonians said, there's something different about that. Oh, that in this church, we would sing in such a powerful way, such a praise-worthy way, that God would be exalted, that sinners would be drawn to Christ, that the saints of God would be strengthened. We can serve and we can serve with singing. May God help us to serve him and to sing for his glory. He's worthy. We sing of his power. Oh, look at what he's done for us. We sing of his protection, how he's kept us from the, the enemy of our soul and delivered us time after time. Answering prayer, delivering us in health times of crisis with our health or times in crisis with our finances or times in crisis with our family. God has proven himself faithful. And we sing of his praise. May God help us to keep singing and to keep serving. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.